Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're here as we continue on in this series, The Art of Belonging. And we're really just talking about how do we create spaces of belonging? How do we find belonging? That this is something that we are deeply, deeply kind of created with is a desire to be known and to be loved. And so we've already taken a look at how when we're talking about belonging, it begins by belonging to God, to a purpose, and then also to one another. Today, I want to talk about really practically how we can create belonging between one another, some things that we actually might be able to do, some things that will actually be able to change some of the world that we live in. And today, what I want to introduce you to is one practice that if you do it, that if I do it, that if we all do it together, it will create bonds of belonging between one another. It's one simple practice that is throughout the entirety of the Bible, but one that is often forgotten and especially neglected in the West. It's the practice and the art of hospitality. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how all of us are called to practice hospitality with one another. That hospitality creates shared bonds of belonging and also opportunities for us to experience God together. So what I want to do this morning is I first want to describe what hospitality is. And then I want to share with us one story in the Bible that teaches us how to practice hospitality, how to actually do it, how to actually be somebody who is hospitable and who actually welcomes others so that all of us might experience belonging together. So first, I want to actually explain what hospitality is. So hospitality, according to Wikipedia, okay, uh, the most reliable source on the internet, says this, okay? Hospitality is the relationship of a host towards a guest wherein the host receives the guests with some amount of goodwill and welcome. This includes the reception and the entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. But since now that Wikipedia is out of date, I'll give to you ChatGPT's definition of it, okay? So, so you know what it is. Uh, ChatGPT says that it is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. That's kind of what we're talking about. But today I want to give you my definition that I think is both simpler, clearer, and more scriptural, actually. Okay, my definition of hospitality is this, that hospitality is the art of making someone feel at home. That's what it is, right? Hospitality is the art of making someone feel at home, making them feel so welcomed and at ease that it's like they're in their own home, where they feel safe, secure, cozy, whatever words you want to use to describe it. Cozy is my wife's favorite word for everything, basically. Right? That this, that this, when you practice it, actually creates belonging. And the link between hospitality and belonging is really obvious if you remember that I defined belonging way back when in the very first sermon of this series as a place where you feel at home. So then when you practice hospitality, a place where you feel at home, you are literally actually creating belonging, creating space where people will be known and loved and accepted. That what hospitality does is it welcomes someone, it makes them feel included, it makes them belong. And so what I want to suggest to you today is that if we are going to face the crisis of belonging that is in our world, one clear practice and action each of us need to take is to practice hospitality. Now, hospitality is both like an art and a gift, meaning that it's something that you can grow in, meaning that it's something that you can continue to practice, and it's something I think we're all called to practice. So today what I want to do is I want to explore one story that teaches us how to do this art and this practice of belonging. Because as I said, I do think it's something that is lacking in the West. I do think it's something that we don't often practice well or deeply. And I think that's one of the reasons we actually struggle with encountering God. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Genesis 18 today. I want to work through this story and really look at it through the lens of it teaching us how to be hospitable people 
or to put it differently, how to be people who create belonging around us. Okay? And this story, in many ways, if you're not familiar with it, it's a little bit mysterious sometimes. You're not always sure kind of what's going on, but I want to just pay attention to it and especially look at it through that lens of hospitality and what we're called to do. So we read this in verse 1, Genesis 18. And the Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. And right off the bat, there's some, like, signals that this is going to be an interesting story, right? Because who does it say appears to Abraham? The Lord, right? The Lord. How many of you would love to have an experience with God today, right? To actually encounter him, right? That's what the narrator is telling us. He's going to tell us that, hey, something's about to happen in this story. Abraham's going to encounter God. And not to ruin the story for you, but hospitality plays kind of a big part in it, okay? So I want to read the story, and then we're just going to work it through and learn how to practice hospitality together. So we read this. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. And he looked up, and he noticed three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them, and he welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd, and he chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and roasted meat, and he served it to the men. And as they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. As you can see, this is a story of hospitality. And I want to learn from this story how to practice it. Because as I said, hospitality directly creates belonging. And so here in the story, we notice three things. Three things that Abraham does. He welcomes them, he serves them, and he focuses in on rest and refreshment. I want to explain what I mean by that. He welcomes the strangers. He focuses on serving them, having a posture of humility. And he focuses in on providing rest and renewal. So the first thing we notice is that Abraham's sitting in his tent. Right? We read this. And he looked up and he noticed three men standing nearby. Notice his actions. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. Notice. And I just want to pay attention to the text to kind of slow down a little bit. Notice that what Abraham does is virtually what nobody in the modern Western world does. Okay? Abraham notices three strangers, and what does he do? He runs toward them, correct? Right? In our world, we are taught to be suspicious of strangers, and if we see three people, we might take a step back. Right? Abraham sees three strangers, and he takes a step forward. Right? He runs to meet them. Just notice how different this is than our culture. Right? Our culture has this general sense of suspicion towards those who are different and strangers. The Bible, though, has the perspective that strangers are to be welcomed and included and are meant to be given hospitality. Anyone want to say amen to that? Right? That's to be our perspective. I'm not saying here that we should be doing things unsafe. I'm just trying to notice how different our culture is from the actual world of the Bible. And Abraham's very first instinct is he sees three people, three people in a bit of an unusual place. They're standing outside in the heat of the day, and the text says, he ran to meet them, and he welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. Next, he actually says this, if it pleases you. He actually offers a verbal welcome. If it pleases you, stop here for a while. 
Again, I don't want to rush through this text. I want to just pause with some of this. I think the act of a verbal welcome matters immensely. That this act of Abraham saying, hey, I'm here to welcome you, to be actually caring towards you, matters. That he says something that lines up with his actions. And we know that this sort of thing matters immensely because if you've ever been in a space where it doesn't happen, you know how weird it is. Let me give you an example. As many of you know, I often try to help out and to be a part of our kids' like, school and class and all that kind of stuff. So I do that fairly frequently. And one time last year, I showed up for an event that I was asked to be there for. I got an email and said, show up at this time in this classroom, right? So I go and I show up at that time in that classroom to help out with something. And I walk into the classroom, and the teacher kind of like notices me, but doesn't say anything about me. Like, no head nod, no, like, hi, Andrew, no, like, hey, Andrew's here to help out with the class today, right? Like, nothing. Everything just continues on as it was. Now, as many of you know, I am prone to overthinking things, <laughs> right? So after about five or ten minutes, I'm like, am I supposed to be here or not? Like, am I in the right spot? Like, I, like there's no, like, just, hey, he's here to help out, whatever. I started to overthink it so much, I tried to discreetly, like, check my email to make sure I am in the right spot today, right? That the simple lack of a verbal welcome actually made me feel like I didn't belong. This went on for 45 minutes before they finally said, oh, yeah, and Andrew's going to help today. And I was like, okay, great, I'm in the right spot, right? And it's a simple thing. But the verbal act of a welcome does make sure that people know that they are included and that they belong where they are at. This is why even here, every Sunday, we welcome in new people. Because we want to make sure that anybody who is new knows that they are welcome here in this place. That what Abraham does in this story is he sees three strangers. He runs to meet them and he welcomes them and he seeks to include them. That's the first step to what hospitality looks like practically. Welcoming, including, speaking to them, inviting them in. Second thing that Abraham does that I want to notice in the text that's really clear is that Abraham adopts a posture and an attitude of humility. He adopts like a posture and an attitude of like being a servant. Just listen to the text. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and he welcomed them. What does the text say? Bowing low to the ground. And then he says, my Lord. He's giving them a term of honor, right? That he's just saying that they are special guests. That's what he's seeking to do there. He says, my Lord, if it pleases you to stop here for a while, rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored, what does your text say? Since you've honored your servant, listen to how he's describing himself, right? Since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you can continue on your journey and Abraham runs out, and he actually chooses an animal that then would be brought to them to be able to be eaten, right? That Abraham adopts a posture and a position of service, of humility, of care, right? That's what he does. And in case you didn't know this, Abraham back in that day, at this time, was actually really, really wealthy, okay? He was kind of like a big deal. It wasn't just like him, a tent, and a camel, okay? <laughs> like he had like servants. He had lots of things that were going on. Abraham actually has a lot, but what he does is he adopts the posture of a servant really clearly, and he seeks to serve them. He is humble to them. And what I want to suggest to you that is just obvious in the text, if we slow down, is that humility is a prerequisite for hospitality. Okay? That humility is a prerequisite for hospitality. And in some ways, I know this is simple, because many of you already know this, my bet is, is that some of you have been to a dinner party once where someone just talked about themselves the whole time and never once asked any other questions. And you know how off-putting that can be or someone's always like one-upping your story or name-dropping stuff. You know how bad that can be. This happened to me actually a little while ago. A little while ago, 
um, I was invited to a conference for Canadian church leaders. So I go to this conference. It's just me by myself. I drive there by myself. And I go to this uh, conference for church leaders. And on one of the days, they have lunch. you got to, like, pick up your lunch. So I go to pick up my lunch. And as I go to pick up my lunch, they read my name tag. And they're like, oh, oh, Mr. Mills, actually. They're like, you're not eating lunch here with everybody else. I was like, well, where am I eating lunch? And they said to me, oh, you're actually invited to a special exclusive lunch. And immediately, I'm starting to feel rather apprehensive. And I was like, well, well, why? And they say, well, you're part of a larger church. And this is true. In Canada, the average church is 100 people or less. I don't know if you know that. 100 people or less. So, like, so because you're part of a larger church, all the larger churches, they're actually having lunch with like, the speakers and all the conference leaders. And it's a special and exclusive lunch. And I'm starting to feel really nervous about how often they're using the word special and exclusive. Right? It's starting to be like, eh. But I don't know what to do because I'm hungry and they have my lunch, right? <laughs> so I'm like, ah. So, so I go to this thing, and it is one of the worst experiences of my life. It's just a bunch of leaders trying to, like, pretend that they're better, bigger and better than one another. It's all this posturing and, like, schmoozing, and it just, like, felt totally off. And I'm there, and the conference organizer says, and guess what? Right after this, we're going to have a special exclusive after party just for the people here. And you can go meet with all the speakers and talk to them. We're going to have it at my house and all of that. So they, you know, have this another special exclusive event. Do you, you want to know what, what I did? Which is the most Andrew thing ever. Anyone want to take a guess what I did? Yeah, I just literally drove home. I literally had a special and exclusive drive by myself. That's what I had. Yeah. Like, I literally just, the conference wasn't even done. I just got in the car and drove home. I'm like, I'm not, I can't even be here anymore. And as I'm driving home, and, you know, my special and exclusive drive home by myself, I, I call Krista. I call Krista, and she's like, why are you coming home? And I'm trying to process what's going on, and I realize what was missing in that room, even though it had all the trappings of hospitality, Right? It had all kind of the ideas people think of, of like food, like interesting people, whatever else, a good space. What I was re really realizing was what was missing was humility. There is no humility in that space. And this, this is why it is absolutely crucial for us to practice hospitality. And what I want to suggest to you is that our world knows how to do networking, but it does not know how to do hospitality. And those two things are very, very different. Right? That hospitality includes humility, and what was missing from that room was a posture of service and of welcome and humility. So if we're going to be people who practice hospitality, not just like networking, weird stuff, right? we need to be people who are humble and servants. That's what we see with Abraham. Right? He doesn't care about his position. He goes and he bends low. He bows down. He does the work himself to include the three strangers. That humility is a prerequisite for hospitality. The third thing that we see is that he really focuses in on providing rest and refreshment and renewal for someone. That's what hospitality is about, providing rest, refreshment, and like renewal for someone. We read this. He says, rest in the shade of the tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food. Listen to what he says. To refresh you before you continue on your journey. That's his focus. To refresh you before you continue on your journey. To just make you more comfortable, to make you feel at home, to make you feel renewed and re-strengthened for the next part of what's going on. That hospitality is not about creating connections. It's actually about focusing in on providing rest and refreshment and renewal for someone. And that when you do this, it actually creates belonging. And what I love in this text 
And again, we're just trying to pay attention to it slowly. Right? What I love in this text is how Abraham provides uh, rest and renewal. Notice with me what he does in the very first bit. Okay? For sure he goes and he makes a big meal and he provides that. But notice with me where it begins. Notice with what he does. He just says this. This is how he provides rest and renewal. He says, rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. How does he refresh his guests? With shade and water, correct? With just shade and water. And the reason I want to focus in on this is I think this matters so much for our Instagram-heavy world, okay? That for many of us, we have the expectation that hospitality can only be practiced when it's like big, fancy, expensive, or whatever else. But notice, what does Abraham provide rest and renewal with? Shade and water, right? Just shade and water, which means... If you want to practice hospitality, you don't need like a fancy, amazing house and amazing dishes and amazing food, right? You don't need it to be all, I don't know, like whites and grays with perfect accent colors and no clutter, clearly showing that no one lives there or whatever else, right? You don't need any of that. What you need, what you need is a heart to serve the person in front of you. That I think in our culture, we focus in on what we are giving. What I want to share that really matters, it's not about what you give, it's the heart that you give something with. That's what makes it hospitality. It's the heart that you give something with. So Abraham comes and he provides this focus on rest and renewal for his guests by just focusing in on shade and water. This is stuff we can all do. And again, I'm sure you've experienced this. I'm sure you've been in places where there was like, I don't know, fancy food and whatever else, but you didn't feel really welcomed. I'm sure you've also been in spaces where there wasn't maybe a huge thing around you, but you felt really welcomed and at home. And one of the most actually moving spaces where I felt an immense level of hospitality at one point was actually just having coffee and a peanut butter and jam sandwich with a friend on a bench, right? Now, that can be hospitality too, right? It doesn't have to be big and extravagant. What matters isn't what you offer, but the heart that you offer something with. So what do we see in this story? We see really Abraham doing three things to be a person of hospitality. And as I said, when we practice this gift, it does create belonging because that's literally what it does, Right? Hospitality is making someone feel at home, and belonging is when you feel at home. This is how you do it. And what he does is he focuses on welcoming, on having that posture of humility, and then serving, focusing in on refreshing and renewing them. That's what he does in this story. What I love about this is that Abraham does all of this just because he thinks it's the right thing to do. But if you remember, the story isn't quite over. Because what does the text say at the very beginning? What did the narrator say? That Abraham would meet with who? God, right? The Lord, right? And so far, we haven't quite seen that yet. All we've seen is that Abraham has taken the initiative, right, to practice hospitality, to welcome, right, to actually do these things of serving, humility, focusing in on refreshing people. And then what do we read next in the text? It says this. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Abraham's being that servant, really seeking to make sure they feel at home. And then... The visitors start to ask some questions. But this is just true, okay? Hospitality creates space for conversations and connections, right? It does. It just does. He says this. The visitors ask, where is Sarah, your wife? She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent, and Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. And Sarah was long past the age of having children, so she laughed silently to herself, basically thinking, this can't be true, right? She laughed silently to herself. How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? 
especially when my master, my husband, is also so old. Then the Lord said to Abraham, notice, the Lord said to Abraham, all of a sudden, this is the mystery in the text, and the text doesn't resolve it. We have three individuals, and now all of a sudden it's God speaking. Was it all three of them at once? Was it one of them? How does it all work? Are they angels? Is it all God? Like, what's going on here? The text isn't clear, but what the text is clear is that then God speaks. God speaks. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And this story takes a surprising turn. And there's lots that we could focus in here on this section, right? Because this is a miracle. This is what Abraham and Sarah have been longing for. This is what they have been praying for for decades upon decades upon decades, right? This is something that we could explore today. But today, I don't want to focus in on that. I want to focus in on what leads to this conversation. And what leads to this conversation is Abraham practicing hospitality. That follow with me. I think that if Abraham had never ran out of the tent to go and meet those three men, this conversation wouldn't have happened, right? That it is the practice of hospitality that led to this surprising and amazing encounter with God. That I think when we practice hospitality, this is when we can encounter God. This is when we can experience him. This is when we can have a life-changing, even miraculous moment with him. That hospitality is the precursor to experiencing the radical amazingness of God. So what we see in this story, what we see in this story is how to provide hospitality by being someone who is humble, welcoming, focusing in on serving someone else. And the second thing we see is how hospitality opens you up to the surprising presence of God. So what I think we can learn from this story is that this ancient art of practicing hospitality, it literally makes people feel at home, creating these bonds of belonging, but it also opens both of you up to experiencing God together. This is why in Christianity, in case you weren't sure, this is why in Christianity, hospitality is not a good idea, it's actually a commandment. We're actually just told to practice this. This is part to be part of our rhythm and habit as followers of Christ. Let me read to you some verses that just show the importance of us living this way. Because what the Bible gets is that it creates bonds of belonging and opportunities for connection with God. So we read this in Leviticus 19, verse 34. Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. God here is talking to the Israelite people saying, you need to include people and welcome them even if they're different even if they're different. In Hebrews 13, verse 2, look how clear this is. Don't forget to show hospitality for strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Here the author of Hebrews is actually reflecting on this Genesis account, saying Abraham didn't know who he was welcoming, but because he welcomed them, then everything kind of changed because he practiced hospitality. In 1 Peter 4, verse 9, we read this. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Be hospitable. Or Jesus himself says, if you want to connect with him, if you want to experience him, the way you do that is when you serve um, and offer food and drink to those who are lonely, hurt, and oppressed. He says, when you do this, it's like you're doing it to me, that you'll actually experience him in the practice of serving those around you and being hospitable. Now, what I think we need to do, if we want to actually, I don't know, change this crisis of belonging that is in our world, we need to get in the habit of practicing hospitality together. So it's my main point is that hospitality creates bonds of belonging and opportunities for us to experience God together. 
That's what it does. It actually creates these bonds of belonging where you actually feel welcome and included and opportunities to encounter God together. But as always, in every one of my sermons, there is not only a main point, there is also a challenge. Yeah. Anyone want to guess what I'm going to challenge you to do today? You can guess. It's pretty obvious, right? Yeah. To practice hospitality, amen? That's what I'm going to invite you to do. Like, this shouldn't be a surprise. You should have seen this from the very beginning of this sermon, okay? That I want to challenge you to practice hospitality. I want to challenge myself to practice hospitality. I want to challenge all of us to practice hospitality because that's how we create bonds of belonging with one another. When we are welcoming, when we are actually practicing this sense of, of being like Abraham, where we not only welcome, but we have a spirit of hospitality and humility, and where we focus in on providing rest and renewal. This is what will change things. So I want to invite you to become a person of hospitality. And how do you do that? Well, I think you can do the three things that Abraham does, right? Where he welcomes, he serves, and then he also focuses in on rest and renewal. Today, I also want to give you a few things that I think matter immensely for our Western culture to begin to practice. Some things that might help us in this kind of next step. The first is, I want to invite you, that I think you need to start to cultivate awareness if we're going to be people who practice hospitality. And I think the way our entire modern world functions is basically this. Here's my view on the entire modern Western world. The entire modern Western world is incredibly self-focused. This is the problem. We pay attention to ourselves, not often those who are around us. But I think if we're going to be people who practice hospitality, we need to shift our focus from ourselves and our phones and whatever else is going on to the people who are actually around us. That the whole story of Abraham begins with this. The text says this. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. And he looked up and he noticed three men standing nearby. We need to get in the habit of noticing those who are around us. That's what we need to do. If we're going to practice hospitality of noticing those who are around us. And what Abraham notices is that there are three people kind of in a place they really shouldn't be. That during the hottest part of the day, it's very uncommon for three people just to be standing out there in the blazing sun. That we need to get in the habit of noticing people who are maybe just a little bit off to the side and in unusual or out of sorts places. So that we can actually practice hospitality. Practically what it might look like, maybe in your workplace, you might just notice that one person eats alone all the time. Right? That's probably someone you need to actually practice hospitality with. Or maybe you might notice in your neighborhood as you're walking your dog or whatever else that there is somebody who sits on the front porch all alone all the time. Or maybe you might even notice just somebody in the foyer standing off to their side, not quite sure kind of how to engage. We need to have an awareness of those around us. We need to have eyes that God might give us to see people as he does, as people to be able to offer welcome to. So the first thing I want to invite us to do is actually to cultivate an awareness of those around us so we can practice hospitality. The second thing, then, is simply to be like Abraham, welcoming, serving, and being humble with those around us. Welcoming, serving, and being humble. It's not particularly hard to practice it. It just takes effort and time, and it actually takes some intention, right? So if you're somebody who eats alone in your workplace or maybe at school, right, invite them to eat with you. It's a simple thing. If you see somebody who's kind of alone on your neighborhood walks, maybe just listen to them. Ask them how they're doing. They might share with you the same stories again and again and again. Do you want to know what that often reminds me of? Probably that they don't have many people to be sharing stories to, right? That's what that always clicks with me when I hear the same things. I'm like, oh, I bet they just don't have many people to share this with. Right? Be a listening ear. That's an act of hospitality, to listen. Because when you're seeking to care for people, follow with me, we should pay attention for their physical needs, we should also be paying attention, though, for their emotional, relational, and spiritual needs as well. 
that to actually practice hospitality, it's not only just to provide food and drink, it is, but it might also be to provide a hug. It might also be to provide like a listening ear. It might also be to provide an encouragement or maybe even a prayer or whatever it might be. And that if you do this, here's my promise, because I think it's a part of this text, and I think it's commanded by God. If you do this consistently, you will encounter God. You will experience him in surprising and amazing places. When we start to cultivate an awareness of those around us, when we actually practice hospitality, that's when God shows up. That's when God shows up. And I can tell you, I've experienced this personally, where when people have practiced hospitality with me, it has made me feel so much like I belong, and where I have just a sense of like, Oh, being at ease and feeling God's presence. I want to share with you when this happened, uh, well, fairly recently. On Easter this past year, um, what you might not realize, well, I'm sure you would if you think about it, Easter is a busy time for pastors, okay? It just is a very busy time, right? And this past Easter, we were just coming off one of the most busy seasons of our life, actually. Krista had been uh, living in Kitchener-Waterloo for a placement for, I don't know, nine months, which felt like nine years. And she had just moved back home. She was studying for exams. Things were very, very busy. And then for Easter, obviously, I'm quite busy. But on top of that, there's a lot of pastoral care concerns that were going on. So I was going into Easter just feeling pretty drained to begin with. And I don't know if you've ever presented or talked uh, kind of in front of people. It can be a really draining experience as well, which is why most Sundays I go home and take a nap after church. That's kind of what I do, okay? But on Easter, it's like everything is amped up. Right? Remember, at Easter, I've been up since 5 a.m. because we have sunrise services. And by the end of the services, I basically have nothing left to give is kind of where I'm at. If you ever want to know what I really think about something, that's the space to ask me. <laughs> I have no filter left, basically, is where that is. Like, I just, and I just generally don't want to, like, I just, I just kind of want to be in a special and exclusive space by myself is kind of where I want to be. Okay? And I remember this last Easter, though. Uh, friends of ours, Mike and Krista, either invited us over or we invited ourselves over to their house. I don't quite remember exactly how it all happened, but we went over to their house. But to give you an idea of the space I was in, I don't think we offered to bring anything because I didn't even think about it. Like I was just in that kind of like, I was just tired, right? It was just an exhausting season. And I walk into their house after the Easter services. Krista was already just right there. And ahead of us was like, it wasn't like a crazy meal, but it was a beautiful brunch of all this different food that was ready. And there, they walk, I walk in, I get a hug. I also get a mimosa, which was also great, right? We have this moment of connection. And then the most beautiful part for me, actually at that lunch, was that I could just be me, which is weird, awkward, occasionally unsure me. I didn't need to try to host or, you know, I don't know, entertain or whatever. I just felt an incredible sense of belonging because of the gift that they both were to me and Krista in that moment. That's why belonging matters. Because you want to know what belonging really does and hospitality really does? At the core of it, I think this is why you also experience God in moments of hospitality. If you experience true, deep hospitality, it actually fills your soul is what it does. Anyone want to say amen to that? Right? Like, if you've really experienced a moment of deep hospitality, it fills your soul. Even if you're weary and tired from services or whatever else it is, it fills your soul. And it creates this bond of belonging between you and them and also an opportunity for everyone to actually experience God. So what I want to challenge you with is something very direct. If you want to make sure that people belong, that you have a space to belong, that we all have a space to belong, it begins by practicing hospitality with one another. This is how it happens. By us noticing people, welcoming, serving, caring, just inviting them in. And yes, sometimes if you do this, it'll be weird and awkward. Because this is true, okay? Sorry to say this, but sometimes you all are a bit weird and awkward, right? 
So am I. That happens. That's okay. Right? But it also will be the space where you just might see the biggest miracles and move of God. That if you want to know why I think sometimes we are missing the fullness of God moving in the West in the church, it's because we've given up on this, the process of hospitality. Right? That what happens for Abraham is when he does this, that's when he sees the most movement of God in his life. So I want to invite you this week. I want to invite you this week to practice hospitality, to invite someone over. Again, it doesn't have to be, like, amazing and extravagant, right? It can be some shade and some rest and some water under a tree, right? This is why even this week in our newsletter and last week, I actually challenged you to invite someone over to your house for lunch today, to do something old school that many Christians grew up doing that I think we need to get in the habit of, inviting people over. And if you haven't done that, you can still invite someone over today. Just pick up pizza on your way home. It's fine or Christian chicken, which is Swiss chalet, or whatever, right? Because it's not about what you offer. It's about the heart that you offer something with. So I want to invite you and challenge you to practice hospitality this week so that we all, so that we all might see God moving in our lives together. So with this, would you join with me in prayer here today? God, I ask, I ask God, might we continue to have eyes to see people as you see people? We see the people, Lord, that we need to invite, that we need to welcome, that we need to practice hospitality with. And I pray, God, as we seek to serve, as we seek to adopt that posture of humility, I pray, Lord, might we continue to see you moving in our midst. Would you create those bonds of belonging as we seek to practice this art of hospitality, of welcoming, of including, of seeking to put people at ease and to make them feel at home. Might we do this, Lord, with the people who are around us, and then might we see you moving in our midst. And I pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. So to close today, I want to invite you to stand if you are able while I read to you just a simple closing benediction. And it's just those two verses from the New Testament that remind us of how we are called to live today. We read this. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. And cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Because when we do this, this is when we will continue to see God moving in our midst. And then, as always, if you have any need whatsoever, there are people in our prayer room off to my left. If you want to give, you can go to the give wall. And if you're new here, we would love to welcome you. Please go uh, talk to anybody in kind of a blue shirt outside, and we can help you to take your next steps with us. Next week, we're going to be talking about belonging to the land. We've talked about God, persons, people, place, and that's where we're going to be. So other than that, grace and peace, as always, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye, everyone.